0: Hello, this is Lee, head writer and merchandise designer here at Selective Dissonance. Please, God, please help me. I'm locked in Shikendra's basement, and I need to be freed. I'm begging you right now, please, let me out. Please. Currently, we're on a break between seasons, so we don't have any new content for you today. But we'd like to take this time to re-release our first episode, Eat, Pray, Love. We hope you enjoy!
1: Selective Dissonance is interested in helping you experience horror from a different perspective. Looking at horror through the societal lens of marginalized communities, we hope to give you original scares birthed from everyday experiences that may be sources of fear for individuals within those communities. The moments where one passing interaction with a neighbor or seemingly innocuous camping trip can change your life insurmountably. The stories you will hear are all fiction, But that doesn't mean that there isn't a version of this anxiety and trepidation plaguing someone's stream of consciousness at this very moment. Are you ready? Let's begin.
0: (sighs) Dating is the worst. But online dating is a literal nightmare that has definitely driven people insane. I should know, shouldn't I? <laughs> I'm here, right? <laughs> the only thing that makes it worse is being fat, non binary, bisexual, and a black person. Because then you are the perfect embodiment of minority otherness and get the quote unquote pleasure. Of having to worry about people using you as a fetish or checking a box off their list. It's all just the fucking worst. I'm sorry. I guess I'll watch my language. Wouldn't want the children that are obviously going to be listening to this government recording to get scarred or anything. Fucking stupid. Okay, I'll get it. Move on already. You know, you really are impatient for somebody who's supposed to be listening to my story. Anyways, like I was saying, shit is, sorry, stuff sucks in terms of dating, so I tend to do way more than my skinny white counterparts. It starts from the beginning. I can't just swipe right after the first picture. I have to scroll through every single picture and examine it with a fine-tooth comb to make sure there isn't anything racist or intolerant on the walls, in the designs on their t-shirts, and what the heck their friends are doing. You'd be shocked how many times I've found that I've been super liked by someone whose pictures heavily feature a Confederate flag on the wall behind really badly angled selfies, or someone who will match with me and then ask something stupid like, you're not one of them queers, rat, like I don't have my pronouns and sexuality stated in my bio. Then, depending on the platform, It's checking to see who you can see in the Insta previews, and figuring out what songs they listen to. You know, stuff like that. And I know what you're thinking. Why aren't you swiping on women? To which I say, what woman slash queer haven't I swiped on? Hmm. There really isn't one. Women are literal goddesses, and, as they say in that one TikTok video, I do it for the girls and the gays, that's it. I have just been cursed with being attracted to cis straight men, and I'm apparently no one else's type. Which is why I am here today. Trust me. There is only a very small part of me that even cares that cis men exist period. But you need to understand that is why this guy stood out. He was fucking perfect. Sorry, but seriously. It was amazing to me when I swiped and saw his profile. He was absolutely gorgeous, obviously. Like and Adonis in vans and skinny jeans. (laughs) Just beautiful. Which immediately put me on edge. Cuz, looks don't always mean brains, and not listening to what daddy's money forces you to believe is hard for a lot of guys. Plus, we all know how Bundy got his ladies. Granted, I won't be the victim of a Bundy-esque killer because I'm not that type. Anyways, as I started my ritual examination, things just got better and better. His pictures featured him at a Black Lives Matter protest, wearing a nice suit while shaking hands with Obama, serving food at a soup kitchen, and... As a plus, there wasn't a single picture of him holding a dead animal or an assault rifle. His bio stated things like eat the rich and ACAB and black lives matter and there wasn't a joke, a very bad joke, about six foot cause I guess that matters or something about a gym looking for his Pam or looking for a wifey whatever. So, almost too perfect of a profile right i decided to swipe right and see if he truly was too good to be true to my amazement (laughs) i was met with the all too familiar match screen with a prompt telling me to message him before it's too late so i decided to go with my default which is a gif GIF. hmm well Okay, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. One of those of Rihanna waving while being a goddess while she's in a pool. To which I almost immediately got a response of Forrest Gump waving furiously back. From there, we talked basically nonstop for... Mm, days, but intolerable amounts. Like... I didn't feel like I had to respond every 10 seconds to a message. We talked about our favorite movies and how creepy Tarantino's foot fetish is when it comes out on screen, but that we wish we could get a chance to work with him. We mused about wanting to see our favorite bands play our favorite songs in a cultivated music festival just for us. He told me how cute he thought I was, which was cute without being gross and pervy, and he was always on top of making sure he used the correct pronouns, which no cis straight man has ever done with me before. It was amazing. Things were moving a little fast, but he was super nice and we were just vibing really well together and it felt right. He even started calling me his little rabbit, but in French, which is way more cute. Hey, how's your day going?
1: Hey, better now that you're finally up and we can talk some more, mon petit le pen.
0: Aw, babe, that is so cute. I love it when you call me your little rabbit.
1: I love calling you my little rabbit, mon petit le pen, because I love rabbits and you I love almost as much.
0: You get the point. We were cute in a disgustingly gross sort of way. We were so in tune with each other that he felt comfortable enough to say those three little words after only a couple weeks of messaging back and forth. Then we decided to start officially seeing each other and becoming exclusive. We did the usual kind of dates, going to the movies, lunch at a bunch of different restaurants, We even went mini-golfing, if you can believe it. Well, I know some of you can believe it, because you were there, but still. Even then, hanging out wasn't enough, and we eventually started talking to each other every night before bed. (sighs) So... Tell me more about your dream life situation.
1: Oh, honestly, I think it'd be amazing to live in the Pacific Northwest. Somewhere like Bremerton, Washington. It's beautiful up there, unbelievably so. It almost feels like a utopia with all the aesthetics. The mountains are luscious and expansive, it rains a lot, but the art and creative scene is beautiful. Plus, it's where one of my favorite writers lived before he passed. His name was Harold Covington. I really enjoy his writing. Plus, the ideals that he had are truly inspirational and have helped shape me into who I am today. So, up there, and I'd love to have a large acreage in the woods somewhere. Something that vibed with me, being able to host events, but also hunt and grow my own food. That'd be great. I think I'd probably also try to get involved with local initiatives, but ultimately, I just think it'd be nice to not have to work to survive so that I can have time to help my community to grow and become better than it's uh, ever been. Wow,
0: that sounds amazing.
1: (laughs) Mm. Mon petit le pen, I think it's time for you to go to sleep oh no no i don't want to you know how you get when you don't get enough sleep plus it's not healthy your health is important to me
0: i guess you're right but i don't want to be the one who hangs up first you do it
1: no you no
0: you no you no you no (laughs) you You know you know you, <laughs> no, you. you. <laughs> babe. <laughs> I love you so much. Hello. Oh. Ew. Ugh. I know. I know it's disgusting. I hated doing it as much as my big brother assigned personal FBI agent hated hearing it. Trust me, if I had known other people were ever going to hear that, it never would have happened. I just kinda lost myself. Being with Joel was (laughs) amazing. It was my first real relationship with someone who respected me, and I thought maybe even loved me for me. I felt like I was my ideal self when I was with him, and, as corny as it sounds, it felt like things were finally looking up for me. Fuck. Was I wrong? Finally, after like three months of dating and going out and doing things, I thought we should maybe move to the next level and hang out at each other's places. Unfortunately. His place was apparently under construction, because his roommates drunkenly busted a toilet and flooded the only bathroom in the house. And my roommate had their family in town to celebrate some school thing. But we had been talking about maybe staying up at his friend's cabin by the lake for the weekend, and it just seemed like the universe was telling us that this was the time to do it. It was early August, and the weather was perfect. It still got pretty hot during the day, which was going to make for a great lake day, and at night it cooled off enough that you could sit by a bonfire and stargaze until the early hours in comfort. I was so excited. It'd been forever since I'd gotten a chance to escape into nature, and I gotta do it with my favorite person. Then... I found out the day before we were supposed to leave that his friends had also planned on being up there that weekend, so we had to share the space.
1: I'm sorry you're upset. It's not something I had any knowledge of beforehand. I tried to convince them to move their plans to next weekend, but they had already put deposits down on ATVs and some hunting gear and... The guys up there are real hard asses about their no refunds policy. The place is fairly large, though. We probably won't even see them because the property is huge. You'll be fine.
0: I know, it's just... We'd already planned on it being just us two this weekend, and now I don't know how to feel. Like, I've never even met your friends before. What if they hate me? I think I'm pretty a great but that doesn't mean I'm everyone's cup of tea, you
1: know? I already told them all about you, and they are super excited to meet the infamous Mon Petit Le Pen in person. You've got quite the reputation, honestly. I talk you up so much with them. But, again, we won't be seeing them much. They'll probably only be at the cabin tomorrow night, and... Then head out first thing in the morning to set up their gear and stuff. It'll be fun. This is going to be a weekend you'll never forget. I bet no one could top what I have planned for us.
0: Um, what do you have planned for us? All you've told me is what I should bring and not much else. Are we going to have food? Did I need to bring a towel for the shower? What about pillows and s'mores? We have to have stuff for s'mores. Mon
1: petit le pen, please, chill. Everything is taken care of. You're gonna have the time of your life. Just bring what I told you and it'll work out. Trust me.
0: (sighs) Oh my God. How much longer until we get there? I feel like we're in the middle of nowhere.
1: That's because we are in the middle of nowhere, mon petit lapin. It's a hunting cabin, so they have to make sure we're as far away as possible from campers and stuff to ensure that no one accidentally gets chainied. <laughs> Anyways, we're basically there. Only like ten more minutes and we'll be there. You're going to love it super rustic and super comfy they have a huge fireplace and a jacuzzi
0: um a jacuzzi but I didn't bring a swimsuit why didn't you tell me there was a jacuzzi
1: because it was a surprise and because I had assumed we wouldn't be needing any swimsuits We'll be the only ones up here once the guys leave in the morning. You're putting too much stress on yourself. It isn't healthy. Just relax. I've planned everything. Just leave it to me.
0: Oh, (laughs) okay. I get you. Let the weekend vibes take us away. (laughs) I like it.
1: Now, a tour of our getaway spot. First, close your eyes for a second. Okay, open them. This is the living room kitchen area. Ta-da! Whoa!
0: You weren't lying when you said the fireplace is huge is that champagne and strawberries dipped in chocolate on the counter what the heck <laughs> this is so cute <gasps> and a little note oh oh it's in french what does it say
1: mon petit le pen this is all for you you're the guest of honor this weekend here's hoping you'll remember this trip for the rest of your life love me,
0: oh, You are just too good to me. I love you so much. Aw, oh, you do? Thanks. Joel, I'm serious. Thank you so much. I have never felt this way before. You make my heart want to burst from excitement. <laughs> you blow me away. Thank you for bringing me up here this weekend. It's already the best moment of my life, and I just...
2: Dude, I'm fucking serious. It was crazy. I can't believe he even convinced her to come. He's fucking wild, that's for sure. Right? Usually the prey suspects something. He's good at what he does, but he's definitely gotten better over the years. Oh, shit! Fuck! Hey, guys. Hey, didn't realize you were already up here. Yeah, so sorry about the yelling. Uh, We were just debating this Twitch streamer for Hunt Showdown. We
1: didn't see your car. Did you park up front or something? Yeah, we did. Guys, this is... Mon petit le pen. This is Jeremy and Jared. Jeremy's Pops owns the place. Guilty as charged. I've been coming up here
2: since I was a lad, and all I could shoot was rabbits and small quarry. But now I've worked my way up to a bigger game. Yeah, Jeremy, Joel, and I actually all became friends after meeting here. Our fathers were all in the same business and would bring us up to hang out and hunt with them since we were like seven or something.
1: I was just getting ready to show them around the cabin, if you don't mind. Oh, sure, dude. Sorry for the interruption. We'll get out of your hair and go pack up our ATVs for the morning. Um, Nice to
2: meet you, Lappin. Yeah, nice to meet you. See you later, Joel.
1: See you later, guys. So, anyways, those are my friends... This is the living room kitchen area. Uh, Out that door is the jacuzzi and the deck. And back here is the master bedroom, where we will be staying.
0: Mm, What's in that room?
1: Oh, uh, nothing that I know of. Probably just a bunch of boxes of junk, if we're being honest. Huh.
0: Well, it's locked, so no adventure there, I guess. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Oh, well.
1: Let's go unpack our stuff and get settled.
0: That night, we played games with the guys. It was actually an okay time. Every once in a while, I'd leave to go to the bathroom or get a new drink, and when I came back, they would all be huddled around whispering to each other, which is totally sketchy, I'll admit, but I thought he was just asking them what they thought of me or something. Something normal and nice. (laughs) Then, after a few rounds of Mafia, Jared and Jeremy headed to bed, and Joel and I stayed up drinking and talking. We talked for hours. He even told me about one of his secrets.
1: I was ten, and my dad had just introduced me to his friends and their kids, a.k.a. the guys. Jeremy, Jared, and I got along really well. We decided to go play out back, and Jared's dad told us to bring our rifles with us, just in case we came up on a bear or something. I thought it was ridiculous, but I did as I was told. After we were about a mile or so away from the cabin, Jeremy stopped us because he saw a rabbit not too far ahead. He then proceeded to line up a shot on a nearby down tree and shot the rabbit. Blood sprayed everywhere an instant later. We knew it had been a critical hit. I felt a wetness on my face while I stared in horror at the viscera contrasted against its lush green background. And I started to freak out. I was thinking maybe I'd gotten hit from the spray back and was now covered in blood. I started to flail around, wiping at my face and body, and I heard laughing coming from behind me. And I whipped around to see Jared and Jeremy rolling on the ground, howling and cackling at something. I glared at them until they stopped and told me that I was a baby for crying because of a stupid little rabbit dying. I went to fight them on their accusation that I'd been crying, but then I realized the wet on my face had been my tears and not blood from a dead animal a hundred yards away. I felt so ashamed and stupid.
0: Listen, I know they were watching us. Someone had to have been. Listening to our every conversation. You're never truly alone in our society, what with social media and smart devices. Fuck. Sorry. Even our cell phones. Could they have known what was going to happen enough to have been recording the data between us for our entire relationship? Probably. But not once did anyone reach out and let me know what was happening. I would have cooperated. I would have helped get everything needed to stop him and prepped more. How can people who are supposed to serve and protect know so much and be able to prevent something terrible from happening, but do nothing? My life matters, doesn't it? Or am I just an expendable cog in their machine? Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's privileged information. God. Whatever, I guess. The next day, we spent out on the edge of the lake, sunbathing and swimming. We drank a lot. He kept refilling my cup, and I figured, what the hell, right? We're here to relax and have fun. By five, though, the alcohol and direct sunlight had taken its toll on me, and I decided to lie down for a bit with a glass of water up in the cabin. As I lay down, sleep overtook me quickly, and I was plunged into one of the weirdest dreams I have ever experienced. I don't remember a lot of it, but there were these tall, dark figures with abnormally long features standing over me, reaching for me, but not quite making it. It was like They were so tall that it would take days for their arms to get to me, which you'd think would call for some sort of relief, but no, it made it worse. And their voices were haunting, like low-moaned gargling, muttering nonsensical things at me if I was supposed to understand what they wanted from me. It was terrifying. I woke up with a start and a sharp pain shot through my body. I couldn't move and was just staring straight up at the night sky peeking through the branches of extremely tall trees. Terror took over me as I started to hyperventilate and move my eyes to the furthest reaches of my vision, trying to figure out where I was and why I couldn't move. Then I heard it. (laughs) laughing
1: someone
0: or a a group of people (laughs) were laughing deep and menacing it was (laughs) surrounding me and I couldn't see who the owner was and then
2: (laughs) (sighs) oh boy I think you hit the booze a little too hard there little rabbit
1: (laughs) are you awake oh are you all right I don't know what's going on. Jared, why are you guys doing this to us? Please don't hurt me anymore.
2: Oh, you stupid, stupid child. Shut up before you get what's coming to you. Here's the thing. You cannot move at the moment due to the mixture of drugs that were put into your drinks throughout the day. So stop struggling. Just listen and save your energy. You're going to need it. Trust me. (laughs) in a few hours the sun is going to rise and the drugs will have worn off at that time I suggest you run well if you can (laughs) I'll set a timer for 30 minutes after you get up to give you a head start but then just know we'll be coming for you and personally I've been waiting for this all year so I'm itching to get going And if I'm the one who gets you... uh, (laughs) Let's just say I've got plans for you. For now, rest. We'll see you soon.
0: Then, silence. I was left with my thoughts, but only for a moment before I passed out.
1: Mon petit lepin, Wake up. It's time to go. Ugh. I swear, right before
0: I woke up, I heard Joel say something to me, but I couldn't tell you what. And by the time I opened my eyes, there was no one in sight. All I could see was trees in every direction, the sharp rocks I had been laying on, and the slight blood stain from my back being cut open by them. I ached all over, but I knew I needed to get going. Whether this was some sick prank that they thought would be funny, or if I was honestly in danger, I didn't know, but I knew I needed to get out of there fast. The sun was already pretty high in the sky, which meant I probably wasn't going to be getting that head start I had been promised. The sun seemed at least to be hanging a little closer to the horizon, so I decided to head left and hope that it was east and that east was going to be my salvation. At some point, while I was drugged out, someone had put me into clothes and shoes befitting my trek through the woods, which made me feel uneasy. Who had done the changing? At the very least, I... Sent up a silent thank you to whomever for putting my tennis shoes on, because strappy sandals would not have helped me out there. As I took off jogging towards the sun, I realized that the forest had gone quiet. At first, I thought it was because I was making some noise as I dodged low-hanging branches and long-fallen trees, but there had been another reason. Then I heard it. The low, gurgling noises I had heard in my dream, only this time they were more faint, and seemed to be less saying something, and more just making noise to make noise. I know it was stupid of me to follow, but I knew it sounded familiar, and I needed to know what was causing it. So I veered off towards what I assumed was south and made my way closer to the disturbance. The birds were back, but I still felt uneasy as I inched my way towards a large, downed tree in the middle of a clearing. I gasped as I saw Jared staring up at me, his gurgling now louder and more strained while blood spilled from his lips. As I got closer, I noticed that his legs had been shredded to pieces. Like they'd been put inside of a blender, and one foot was completely missing. He looked as though he was trying to tell me something, but every time he tried to take a breath, his lungs would fill with even more blood. By the time I was next to him, he had passed, and I was left alone with the trees. I just stood there and stared hard at his mangled body. It was while I was wondering what the hell could have done that to him that I heard a snap of a branch come from not far behind me. I knew I needed to get going, but I also knew that the last time I saw him at the cabin, he was decked out in hunting gear, so it only made sense to check his body to find something that might help me. Fortunately, unfortunately for me and him, I guess, is that I only had half a body to search. From just a glance, I knew someone had already relieved him of anything helpful, but maybe they had missed something. I checked the inner pockets of his jacket and shirt. I took everything I had not to vomit or pass out from the (laughs) smell that was emanating from his body. Finally, I located a small hunting knife that had been tucked in the waist of his pants near the small of his back. It wasn't great, but it was better than nothing. As I stood up and stepped away and exhaled for the first time in what felt like hours, I realized that yet again the woods that surrounded me had gone quiet. I tucked the knife into the waistband of my yoga pants and looked around. Suddenly a round growl echoed through the woods too close for comfort. At that, I started running as fast as my body could take me in the opposite direction of that hellish sound. So many questions ran through my mind as I ran, and I tried to ignore the fact that my body was in severe pain and starting to grow fatigued. What the fuck was that? Was it the thing that got Jared? Did it also get Joel? Am I alone out here with some kind of horrendous beast you only read about in those creepy Linguini stories on the internet? Was this really how I was gonna die? My thoughts started to spiral and my anxiety started to kick in, which led to a panic attack that took over my already exhausted body and my legs started to falter. I tripped and started falling down a steep decline I had overlooked during my longer-than-brief moment of distraction. I fell hard, first on my wrist, which snapped on impact, then my cheek made contact with a nice piece of rock that had broken off a nearby formation, and finally I landed directly on my back as the decline leveled out again. I laid there, staring up at the trees, gasping for air as I tried to catch my breath that had been stolen from my lungs. As I glared up at the mass of branches and leaves above me, I realized that it was now darker than it had been when I was last upright. It didn't make any sense. By that logic, my brain felt forced to follow. I had been falling for hours. I blinked a couple of times to try and focus my eyes, and my mistake was made abundantly clear. It wasn't that the sun had already set, it was that something huge was blocking out the sun. I slowly lifted my head and found huge legs standing over me, too long for any creature that I had ever seen. and attached to a long, scraggly torso that bent in directions that should have only been left to geometric shapes and nothing else. The arms were the worst part, reaching out with hands the size of lawn chairs and long, spindly, claw-like fingers coated in a viscous, crimson liquid that dripped onto the ground around me. I could feel a scream well up inside of me, deep from within my bones, if such a thing was possible. But before anything could escape my lips, a voice spoke up
1: from behind me. Mon petit lapin, is that really you? (laughs) Crazy things are happening in the woods today, huh? Are you okay? Well, obviously not, considering the fall you just had.
0: As he helped me up and started fawning over my wounds, I finally got a chance to look at where I had the misfortune of landing, and I found that it was a huge clearing filled with what I assume was weird statues carved out of dark wood, and every single one of their unnerving hands were covered in what looked like blood. A few dried and cracked, but a couple seemed fresh and was dripping onto the ground like the one we were standing under in the middle of the clearing was a giant marble tub and a body hung over it by a hook draining into the smooth white surface it was beautifully mesmerizing in a gut-wrenching sort of way I was lost in its milky crimson bath so much it took me a while to notice the hideous camo outfit the person was wearing. I remembered making a joke about it at running? his expense the couple nights it's earlier, about how ridiculous the outfit was.
1: Upon me on Jeremy
0: was the one hanging there. Well, his torso was. The rest of him looked as though it had been ripped off by a rusty rake of some sort. That is when my scream finally decided to erupt and I started walking towards the horror.
1: Hey, what's wrong? Oh yeah, that. I really hoped you hadn't seen that.
0: And then I felt a sharp pain on the back of my head before I blacked out. When I came to, I was lying in a tub of blood, but I couldn't move. This time, I wasn't sure if it was because I had been drugged or because my body had finally decided to crap out on me. I could, however, feel everything, and it was intense. As I laid there in pain and unsure if drowning in blood was actually going to be the way that I went, I realized that Joel was sitting on the edge of the bath watching me with a grin on his face.
1: Oh, mon petit Le Pen. You are a fighter. That's for damn sure. I guess I knew that when we started dating, but honestly, I never thought you'd make it this far. You just seemed... weak-willed. What with all your mental illness and whatever the fuck else anyways congrats i guess on surviving yeah it's kind of a shame that things ended this way as you can tell we had to trim the fat a lot this year but you actually surprised us see the elders and i have been doing this Hunt, I guess, for decades. Usually it's vagrants and others of the same standing, but every so often they grow hungrier for something a bit more unique. That's where people like you come in. The more you're primed, the better the hunt and the better the rewards. We've discussed it, and you are an absolutely exquisite specimen. If you hadn't been my little rabbit this year, I bet the elders may have accepted you as a new recruit. Alas, none of that matters anymore now, does it?
0: Ugh, I wanted to... Punch his smug little face for having a whole evil villain esque monologue about his plans, but I guess it's a good thing he talked for so long because I was able to get my strength back enough to slip my hand behind my back and grab the knife that was still in the waistband of my pants. The more he monologued, the closer he got, and more he emphasized my defeat in some major natural cosmic blah blah blah. Soon, he was kneeled next to the bath, leaning over and brushing my dirt-crusted hair out of my face, like a true gentleman, and then revealed a huge, intricately detailed dagger while describing to me how he was going to remove my heart so that he could summon the elders himself and prove his worth.
1: Because I... (sighs) I saw that as my
0: chance, and drove the tiny knife as far into his jugular as the hilt would allow. I'm the
1: one who...
0: (laughs) The shock on his face was almost comical as he clutched the knife and debated whether he should remove it or keep it in. This allowed me enough time to use my last ounce of strength to kick my leg up into his arm, causing him to drop the dagger in the tub. And then, I punched the knife further with my one good arm. It was all punctuated by a satisfying gasp as his windpipe collapsed and he fell to the ground. Once again, producing the low, gurgling moan that I had heard too many times already that day. There. I told my story just like you asked me to. Every day you say share with the group and every day I'm hesitant because of what my truth may bring for me and now Here I am Sharing with the group and you all have nothing to say It's like I'm talking to myself here This is what happened Now what happens next? From all of us on the Dissonance team, we thank you for listening. Don't forget to join us the second Sunday of each month for all new scares. Today's episode, Eat, Pray, Love, was written by Shakendra Morgan and featured C.W. Gant as Joel, Jared Machado as Jared, Jay Mansberger as Jeremy, and Shakendra Morgan as BB. Our amazing intro and outro was composed by Morific. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Selective dissonance can be found almost anywhere you listen to podcasts and on social media at selected harmony and you can email us at selectivedissonance at gmail.com can you hear us